0: Seat Directors podcast. Whether you're a regular listener or if you're tuning in for the first time, I am so glad to have all of you joining us for another movie review. I am the creator and host of this podcast, Andre Hutchins, and today's guest host is one of our regular monthly contributors, Andre, but more commonly known as The Formal Review. It's a double dose of Andre today, so sit back and let us fill your ears with wonderful movie knowledge. I am ready all right man well Andre it's good to have you back on the podcast as always
1: <laughs> it's good to be back uh, thanks for always having me so yeah, well, it's always
0: fun it seems it, it seems like uh, you've been on uh, quite frequently and and uh, and I'm happy to have you back uh, we actually uh, we've been talking about doing this movie review ever since you and I connected uh, yeah on, on Twitter months and months ago so yeah uh, Um, definitely looking forward to this one um, so because I've had you on and we've already done a a movie review um, we're going to go ahead and skip the get to know you questions if any of the listeners want to know Andre's answers to the get to know you questions you'll have to go back actually to it was the first time I ever had Andre on the podcast it was on our movies coming soon episode for August So, uh, so yeah that's where you can find his answers to those questions but um okay andre let's go ahead and just kick uh, kick things off and announce this week's movie backseat directors presents this week's movie okay so this week's movie is the much anticipated sequel of the sci-fi um i guess you can just cult classic now blade runner yes. yeah blade runner 2049
1: movie details
0: Blade Runner 2049 is a direct sequel to the original Blade Runner movie starring Harrison Ford that debuted in 1982, some 35 years ago. If you have not seen the original film, I highly suggest that you do before you see Blade Runner 2049. The film is already complex enough as a sequel and would be near impossible to understand and even appreciate without seeing the first. So in the future, mankind has created a species defining wonder synthetic humans called replicants replicants are so human-like that they themselves sometimes don't even know that they are not human and as society began to use replicants as a slave labor force replicants began to resist those that resisted fled into hiding blade runners are are police agents tasked at tracking down these fugitive replicants and retiring them at least retiring is the word that they use for killing them 30 years after the events of the first Blade Runner film, a new Blade Runner, LAPD Officer K, unearths a long buried secret that has the potential to plunge what's left of society into chaos. K's discovery leads him on a quest to find Rick Deckard, a former LAPD Blade Runner who has been missing for 30 years. Blade Runner 2049 was released in US theaters on October 6, 2016 and it has a substantial running time of 2 hours and 44 minutes. Including previews, you'll probably be in the theater for 3 hours. So sit tight and go to the bathroom. (laughs) Whatever you do, go to the bathroom first. (laughs) The movie is rated R for violence, some sexuality, nudity, and language. Okay, parents. I recommend you leave the kids at home for this one. There is quite a bit of nudity. However, most is not shown in any sexual sexual situation, uh, but when replicants are manufactured, they are nude. And for an R-rated film, the language is actually quite restrained. At least it, it, that's what it seemed to me. There's definitely a lot of violence, but compared to the original Blade Runner, I would say 2049 is also much less. Uh, Blade Runner 2049 stars Ryan Gosling as the Blade Runner, LAPD Officer K, Jared Leto as Neander Wallace, Robin White as Lieutenant Joshi, or just Madam—that's uh, that's what they refer to her in the movie—and the ever-youthful Harrison Ford is back reprising his role from the original 1982 Blade Runner as Rick Deckard. But the actor that really stood out to me was Anna de Armas, a Cuban-born actress. De Armas has her name uh, just on, uh, only to a few movies, but most notably the 2016 film War Dogs. In my opinion, this was really a breakout role for the actress. She plays the Ryan Gosling love interest, Joy. Okay, so <laughs> don't hate me, um, but if I butcher the name of the director, I apologize. I did look it up, so I'm going to try my hand at it. So the movie was directed by Denis Villeneuve. Um, I believe that's how you pronounce it. He is a born in Quebec, Canada. He is French-Canadian, Villeneuve. Um, really showed Hollywood his directorial chops last year with his Oscar-nominated film Arrival starring Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner. Villeneuve uh, is also well-known for some of his other previous films such as the 2015 film uh, Sicario and two films that debuted in 2013 called Enemy and The Other Prisoners. All right, so the music to the movie, the film score, is co-composed by the legendary Hans Zimmer, and the up-and-coming Benjamin Wallfish. Zimmer has his name to one other 2017 film with the score from Dunkirk, and Wallfish is coming off uh, his contributions to the very successful IT movie. Blade Runner 2049 had an estimated production budget of $150 million. However, it had somewhat of a disappointing opening uh, box office weekend in the U.S., bringing in only $31.5 million. The worldwide box office has helped to close that gap, but has only pulled in just under $82 million combined. These are definitely disappointing results for Warner Brothers, and hopefully a learning lesson for the studio. I think too much was expected from the casual moviegoers to have already seen or been familiar with the Blade Runner movie from 35 years ago, and really not much was revealed in the trailers to attract new audience goers. and ultimately this movie will underperform far below expectations. Okay, everyone. Let's get on with this movie review. Backseat directors movie review. Okay, Andre. So let's. um, (laughs) Okay, I I think I want to start off by asking you this. So let's actually, yeah let's let's start talking about the original Blade Runner because I know you hold that movie in high regard, and you just got (laughs) done watching all. Is it three versions or four versions? I don't even know how many.
1: Uh, I watched uh four different versions there's technically a fifth version out there i was not able to get the hand on 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 that so there's the u.s theatrical cut which was released in 1982 but before that there was a um basically a screening cut that was like i think released in san diego um and that received like apparently poor uh um, reception so they when they released the 1982 version they made some changes they made the ending um, happy and so for those who haven't who's only seen the final cut um, what happens is when Rachel and Deckard leave then they go off driving into the countryside and then there's like uh, leftover. Uh, countryside footage that was actually, like, I think, leftover footage from, like, The Shining. So... no, nah. Yeah, and it's kind of, like, not... It, it's just, like, it's a Hollywood ending, which, like, some people I know, like, there are some people out there who do, like... I personally don't. Um, in addition to that, there's also, like, this weird voiceover that um, Harrison Ford does that kind of, I guess... Just, like talks about the story and like gives small random explanations but basically from what I've read about that scenario what happened was is that Ridley Scott and Harrison Ford both really didn't want that so when they um when they asked him Harrison Ford to come in he wasn't really directed he they they just gave him lines and then he just said them and then that was it so it kind of It wasn't, like, in my opinion, I don't really like that one um, as much.
0: Well, wait, hold on, hold on, because I think you said that that was the final cut, but that's the theatrical cut, is it not? Yeah, yeah, I said for those
1: who haven't seen the uh, final cut. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Um, and then the U.S., I mean, the international cut, excuse me, uh, theatrical cut, it's basically the same film. It's just there's a little bit more violence um, I didn't really see, like, that much difference because I had already seen, obviously, the director's cut and the final cut, like, years before I saw those. So, I mean, it, it for me, it's about the same as the U.S. theatrical cut. And then there's the director's cut, which was released... Um, hold on. I don't remember exactly what year. Uh, 1992, which is actually the first one that I saw. Um, I don't remember what year, but that was the first edition that I saw. It basically changes a lot a, the a, a story a little bit more significantly um, adds in the the whole debate. It's the one that started it whether Deckard himself is a replicant, replicant. Uh-huh. human um, and they remove the happy ending and also the uh, voiceovers. And then the final cut was released in 2007. And that one really Scott came in because he only was working as a consultant on the um, director's cut. He actually, it's called the director's cut, but he wasn't actually putting the film together. Um, I don't remember the reason why offhand. But anyway, so then when the 2007 version came out, he had full artistic control. So he was able to essentially create the film that he wanted. And so that's the one that I, like, I hold the highest and that is the one that um, this uh, 2049 is a direct sequel to um, yeah so and I really I really love the, f- the story just based on the, like the many philosophical questions that it brings up um, and stuff like that
0: yeah and so that, that was actually gonna be my next question was you know so all, all the different mini versions of Blade Runner the original um you know so the final cut is your favorite
1: yes okay
0: okay and so for our listeners who who are unfamiliar with Blade Runner the original one or who have not seen it um uh, I, not not that this is going to get into spoiler territory but I do want to give background on the original Blade Runner because that's the only way Blade Runner 2049 is going to make any sense in terms of our review Because Blade Runner twenty four, just like you said, it is a direct sequel. So if you have not seen the original Blade Runner, do not go see Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Probably, I mean, even though I've seen the original Blade Runner, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and I just saw it today, like just a few hours ago. Yeah, um, I'm still thinking about it. I'm still wondering about it, even while in the movie. Like I was making sure I was paying, you know, close attention to the movie, to the plot, to the storyline. Um, Yeah, if you haven't seen the original Blade Runner, press pause on this podcast, go watch it and then go watch Blade Runner 2049. Um, But maybe give us give us like a 30 second quick synopsis, Andre of Blade Runner, the original one.
1: So basically, it's a dystopian Los Angeles set in 2019, two years from now. <laughs> and basically, they have these um, synthetic humans that are genetically um, created. They're called replicants. They're bioengineered by the Tyrell Corporation. Each replicant is so-called um, given a death uh, a death day, um, which is four years from their birthday. Um, and, but they don't know when they were created so they're always living in fear and so basically this uh, group of replicants led by Roy Batty who come back down to earth um, to try to get extended life and they're obviously found out that they're doing this um, and uh, Rick Decker I mean uh, Deckard is then sent to basically retire them or kill them yeah he, and, he
0: is the blade runner that's what they call people who go yeah. and hunt down uh, replicants
1: right and so he basically it's just this very type of um, mystery detective noir film um, that is in my opinion one of my favorite sci-fi films and I think It has a lot of um, aspects of, like, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and a lot of different philosophical questions dealing with what it means to be human. Yeah, and so so
0: one of the parts that you said, you said that the replicants come back down to Earth. And so one of the critical storylines of the replicants themselves as it relates to the Blade Runner movie is that they were created as a labor force. To, to do right. hard manual labor off world and basically creating civilizations for humans to go live in on another world. So they do all the hard work, then they die. Okay. Um, and, and so one of the biggest story, and this is where I talk about pos- a potential spoiler, um, one of the biggest storylines or, or uh, questions that the original Blade Runner makes you ask is if Deckard, who's played by Harrison Ford, If he is a replicant, because throughout the movie you start, uh, they, they teach you first, they show you in the movie that replicants, a lot of them don't even know that they're replicants, right? Right. So they think that they're human. And so they have these tests and certain procedures that a blade runner and other authority officials will do on a replicant to basically identify them as a replicant. And, and so it, there's, there are moments within the movie though, that you start to wonder if Deckard is a replicant himself and the movie never addre- It never fully says yes or no. Obviously people have their opinions and whatnot. And I'm not sure. So you t- okay. Um, <laughs> I might be jumping ahead of ourselves right now, but um, because correct me if I'm wrong, in in Blade Runner the original that's that's what you're su- you're supposed to think about right if Deckard is a, uh, if he's a replicant or not right
1: yeah that's one of the, like that's the that's the biggest fan thing that came from like when the director's cut was released was that whether or not he is I mean there's obviously other messages that are happening inside the film but in essence it's about identity and um, who Deckard is uh, at least in my opinion I mean there are many people out there who Think it's um, There are other things that are more important than that, but I personally, that is the like, core type of story, and then everything else expands from that, but stays connected to the idea of what is it to be human versus replicant, um, a superior being or a, well, a lower being, as it were, which how the humans view replicants
0: right and and this is this is definitely important note so a replicant uh, and and you did explain this i just want to make sure our listeners understand a replicant is not a robot so just like andre said it's a synthetic human so they not not only do they look identical to a human but they have human features within their internal structure so they they have bones they have blood you know they they are very much so a human but there are certain things basically printed you know like like any other product that you make would have some type of you know n- not necessarily a barcode or something but something to identify them you know as as a replicant and that and and you will see that even more so in blade runner 2049 that under their is it their right eye i think it's their right eye
1: yes it's right eye. yeah
0: so under under their right eye there there's like a little code that identifies them um and so on and so forth and so 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 that's why you know it's not just a question of artificial intelligence and how how humans view replicants they're very much human in in their physical form in the way that they act talk think etc so um okay so andre did you see this opening night Blade Runner 2049? Uh,
1: no, I saw it um, on Sunday night. Okay, so it's pretty fresh
0: on your mind too. You just saw it last yes. night. Okay. Yes. So, And I just got done seeing this just a few hours ago. Um, what was your initial impression after the movie ended?
1: Uh, in one word, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I was blown away. I mean, I, I think I saw on Twitter, you saw it at IMAX as well. And I, I saw it. So I saw it as that. So and uh, what an experience seeing this man! <laughs> I had such a fun. I, I just being there in the theater, in cap, um engulfed in this world, was just um, I couldn't like get out of it. And as soon as like I got out of it, I wanted to go in and watch it again. Like I just wanted to experience just that environment again. Mm-hmm even with that really long run time. <laughs>
0: yeah, so the movie, I guess officially the movie is 2 hours and 44 minutes. If you add on if you add on previews, you know, so you get there when the previews start, you're going to be in that theater for probably over 3 hours. Yeah. <laughs> Which I was. I was I was in there for quite a while, but um I when the movie ended, I oh, dude, I just kind of sat there for just a couple minutes just thinking about everything that the movie presented because, because even with such a long movie and, and for how um, purposefully slow the movie is, because it is slow with a purpose, you know? So sometimes you'll have movies that are slow and you're just kind of looking at your watch or wondering when, you know, it's, it's going to pick up. Yeah. The movie is slow with purpose and, and, and in, in, With that type of tone of the movie, it immerses you into that world. So just like you were saying. So the director, Villeneuve, he did such an incredible job of creating a very immersive environment uh, um, visually. um, But just just the overall landscaping views that you get within the movie where on screen it will show you huge – vast sweeping landscapes and it will have these shots of, you know, of K agent K or, or, or officer K in his car, but it is your, you're hundreds and hundreds of feet away. And so you just see these huge, just breathtaking views of the environments right. that they're in. And, and that, yes, that right there really pulls you into the movie. And so, yeah, so I, I liked it, man. I really did like this movie. Um, Okay, before we get we get going anymore, I I, I want to know how do you, how does this movie compare to you uh, for you to your favorite Blade Runner: The Final Cut? Ah <sighs> uh,
1: well, <laughs> I on, in honesty, like I, it's a really hard comparison because I really love the original and. There are certain things about the original that I think I like a little bit more in that, like the philosophical stuff that, that it deals with. I think it deals with it a little bit better than the uh, 2049. Um, and, and that's honestly, in my. I think it's just that's just my personal opinion about it. Because it's really hard for me to compare it and say that it's just because I saw the first Blade Runner first. And it's been, like, I mean, that film came out, like, originally, obviously, in 1982. And then the director's cut was 2007. So that was um, over 10 years ago, That in, just in between those two films, The Final Cut and this. So, and, and it's just comparing in that saying, I really like The the Final Cut, I think, a little bit more. But it's like, when you watch a 100-meter dash between two two racers in the Olympics when the difference between them is like 0.01 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, it's like that close, but it's for me, I would say my Usain Bolt is Blade runner, the final cut, but I can, anyone who follows up with him in that after him is just as good. And in, in time, could become the better film overall yeah and i ha- that's gonna have to obviously come on many rewatches which i will be doing <laughs> <laughs> so not necessarily uh, first place to second place but a
0: like one a one b type yeah type. exactly yeah, yeah and and that and and honestly i i I expected that answer from you just because of previous conversations you and I have had and just how much I know you love the uh, Blade Runner, the final cut. And uh, so um, I rewatched Blade Runner, the final cut just a month or so ago. And I meant to watch it before going to see Blade Runner 2049. I just didn't have time, but um, it was like, I'm pretty sure it was like the third time I'd seen Blade Runner. And so I, I, the, what I remember most about the movie is that I, I just I I, fe- I just remember not being able to really really get into it. I think overall it is a good movie for me for me. And again, I, yeah. <laughs> these are you know these are conversations we've had with a lot of people about talking about quality of movies and things like that. Yeah. Um, th- there there were points in the movie where I was just really really just kind of come on come on Blade Runner let's get this movie going come on. And eventually there are some scenes that. You know that kind of pick up the pace of the original Blade Runner, um, which I think Blade Runner twenty forty nine excelled at. I think it yeah. took it took what Blade Runner the final cut was able to show you in this methodical, very thought provoking movie that doesn't move very fast, but do it in such a way that that you don't you're not really wondering how much time has passed because you're just just on the edge of your seat waiting for the next scene to find out what more information is it going to present to us. Right. And, and so that's where I think Blade Runner uh, 2049, I think really, um, I guess impressed me the most because, because yeah, I think a lot of people are going to see both movies and, and kind of have maybe similar feelings on both movies. Um, at least some from initial reviews that I've seen, a lot of people are praising Blade Runner 2049, Um, and there are some people that are like, you know what? I just feel like it was the, you know, kind of the same reasons why I didn't like the original Blade Runner. Um, however, I, for me, I think, I think Blade Runner 2049 is a better movie. I thought it was, it was better well done, but in such a way that I compare it to like Star Wars, a new hope versus Star Wars, empire strikes back. I think Star Wars, empire strikes back is a vastly superior film. But you would never have had Empire Strikes Back without A New Hope and everything right. that A New Hope sets up and presents and introduces you to. And and that's that's why I will eventually go back and watch the original Blade Runner is when you want to freshen up on, you know, okay, what is this movie introducing? What are the, the themes that I'm learning about? And then, yeah, then watching Blade Runner 2049. So for me personally, I like Blade Runner 2049 more.
1: so Yeah, and like going off of what you said, like – when it comes to just how um, he took like Ridley Scott's like story and then was able to expand on it and make it like bigger and better, and yes. it wasn't just it wasn't just a like a rehashing of the old story. No, it was not at all. Just a con- it was just a continuation, which and but also creating new, bringing up new questions, bringing. New characters and giving – and these characters – well, mostly – most of the characters, like, you understood who they were, what their connection was with the story and everything like that. He was able to bring new things in but also expand and continue the story in such a successful way that – I'm still on the fence, but I mean, I've read a few reviews that are calling like one of this is one of the best sequels of all time. I'm not saying that. I just know other people are. I'm not saying that because <laughs> I need to think. I need to think for a little bit longer to d- determine that. but I'm not saying it doesn't have potential for that.
0: Are you gonna go see it again in theater? Uh,
1: I'm debating. i it, it it depends if i if I feel like spending the money as it as it is right now <laughs> well you, um, got, you got the movie uh, pass in you i haven't got it yet it's oh, still, I'm shoot, man. still processing come on movie pass yeah
0: exactly Jeez. <laughs> um yeah so okay so let's let's talk about in, in any of our critiques that we had with the movie i'm very curious to know some of the things that maybe you didn't like about the movie if any at all
1: um i would say like yeah i I mean, you mentioned it, is that this film does, um, it is slow. And while I do think it's like, perp- like you said, purposely slow, I do agree with that. However, like a little bit toward like the middle of the film, it kind of dragged a little bit. And I feel like some scenes didn't have to go as slowly as they did. I understand, obviously, what um, the director was trying to do and with the story. And I understand that. But it's just some of the scenes I was like, all right, I feel. This could have ended maybe a minute or two ago, and it would have been just as effective. Um, I mean, and honestly, I think a lot of these may or may not be nitpicks, and they probably I probably won't care about them as time continues on. Right. Um, and I, there are a few characters that I do feel could have been like delved into a little bit more. I don't want to say which ones specifically specifically at this point um because i don't want i don't know if we want to like do spoilers because that's the only thing is like with this film is like i want to talk about it a lot more but it's i'm trying not to be spoilers because i think like um i just think like they could have talked about a specific character a little bit more um they kind of did um but i just in other in in a way that i think May or may not be an ex- uh, included in like an extended cut uh, type of thing, <laughs> yeah. but it it just for me like I don't think that it could have been it could have been done better. I, I at least I feel. Having said that, these again are potentially really nitpicks, and potentially I'll stop caring about them as time goes on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so here's one of the biggest things that I I really wanted more from the movie and, and from a specific character. And I, and I'm not sure if this is the one character that you were talking about, but it, and it's the same thing that I thought was really lacking from the original Blade Runner. So the person that starts all of this, the guy that creates replicants from the original Blade Runner is this guy named Tyrell, right? So he's, he creates the Tyrell corporation. They're the ones that make replicants and eventually, this is a big spoiler alert. So for any of you who have not seen the original Blade Runner, uh, fast forward just 30 seconds. Um, but he he's killed in the original Blade Runner, right? So the replicant uh, who's trying to prolong his life comes back, finds Tyrell, and he kills him. Okay. So uh, ultimately what happens, and this is, I, I wouldn't consider this a spoiler, but the, more just of an introduction to Blade Runner 2049. That replicant... Or, or I guess those, the, that those versions of the replicants were shut down and the Tyrell corp went out of business. Right. So this, this is the, what what do you call it? Just the, this, I guess it's not necessarily like a scroll, like a star Wars scroll, but just the, <laughs> the prologue that it gives you in the very beginning of the movie, just to give you some background info to, you know yeah. w- what it's like right now. Ultimately, uh, he, I guess he would be considered the antagonist played by Jared Leto, who is Wallace is um, he he purchases what remains of the Tyrell Corp and he is able to start reproducing replicants but ones that obey right so that right so you know so they're no longer worrying about replicants who have this 100% total autonomy you know but now they're they've created them in such a way that they will obey i guess you know Authority or or those who are their superiors, and so, um, and so you have you have you have a, a very critical and key character introduced into the story in Wallace, again played by Jared Leto, and there's really not much given on him, and in other other than just a few sentences that, that I think they felt was maybe enough to show. Or to, to explain to the audience what his his plans are and what his grand design and schemes are. But it just, for me, it wasn't enough. You have this this character who I think they were trying to go for complex. And he was, just, for me, he was just kind of a shadow as to, you know, what really was going on in the world of replicants. And what, I guess, what he viewed as the future for them. And and so that, that was one of the things that was really glaring and stuck out to me. Um,
1: did, were you okay with that? yeah yeah. no actually that's the exact character i was talking about (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah um i I was gonna say like uh he like i mean you're right he had a few sentences and then if if for some for some people like i mean i did i watched it so i kind of knew that also going in was those like three um prequel shorts i guess um which, like, I, I enjoyed watching those and I, I kind of understood, but I feel like when you take that, when you, if you take those aside from it, you're right. All you have are those one to two sentences at the beginning of the film. And for a character that's essentially the big antagonist of this entire world, that's, I, I agree, that's not really enough. Right. Um, and I mean, I think, and like I said, I think like similar to how Watchmen, with their ultimate edition, they intertwine the animation and whatnot. If they're able to take those prequel shorts and basically put them into this film, yes, it would make it a longer film. But then again, if you're a bigger fan of like myself, who doesn't like really count the time when it comes to watching a decent film, I would still watch it, and I think that would make as a better Character um, development for uh, Wallace's character, right specific,
0: right? Yeah, so I, I I just think I think it would have added um, more to the to the peril in, in in really the overall desperate situation that the replicants were in and what he was trying to do. Right. Um, so uh, let, let me think. I'm trying to think of. Uh, Honestly, like, okay, I I, I agree with you. I, I think there there are some scenes that they could have edited better to kind of shore up some of the slower parts of the movie. But honestly, I I was so impressed at how how well constructed each scene was, and that's what I really yeah. felt that each scene had purpose. That every, everything yes, was so true. so methodical in in how it was shot and what was presented to you on screen. From the visuals from the graphics itself and and just all the different camera angles that 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 they experimented with in this movie i i thought it was so well done um so and that's what i keep think you know keep going back to what do you think of uh what do you think of ryan gosling as as the main character
1: um he didn't bother me really at all like i mean i've never been his biggest fan. I've never really been, but I'm not his, I guess, biggest enemy either. I never really was sold on him. I never had it, but I never really like, disliked him for any reason. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of La La Land, but that was mostly because of the movie itself, not because of him. Um, so, like, I, I liked his character. I thought it was very similar um, to um harrison ford in the original blade runner in that he was quiet um had a few like one liners here and they're not like a lot like to make it with it was like overpoweringly like trying to force comedy in there but it's still like he was able to keep a very powerful performance um i think he did fairly well but for me i think like my fa- I thought Harrison Ford did a fantastic job in this film <laughs> yeah I thought he was good I thought he was good uh, uh, tell tell me
0: uh, I, I guess what what about his his performance stuck out to you
1: what it, it was just one specific scene it's just like when he it was a scene when he's being interrogated and I don't know um it was just it was also how the scene was constructed um and what it what it was talk, talking about which. If you want to know, go watch the film. Um, But for me, that scene specifically showed um, Harrison Ford giving a lot of strong emotions for the Deckard character. And Harrison Ford isn't known for being like this, I guess, for the most part, he's known for, obviously, Han Solo, Indiana Jones. Um, And so, like, I don't know. it It was definitely a twist on his type of acting. I thought it was actually a really good step and it wasn't just i guess harrison ford being this type of um it showed his dedication for the deckard character and it wasn't just like i guess um something just a random acting job that he was just signed he's just like all right i'll take it for the paycheck type of thing it was something that he looked like he was really trying and it it really it really showed and i don't know like for me when it it was Harrison Ford just was able to emote every emotion in that scene, and so it one out of the films I've seen with Harrison Ford, I thought it was one of his better performances. I'm not saying like he's I don't think it was, was best supporting actor, but um, or best actor. I don't know what you would consider him um, being a starring role, but um, I thought he did a really good job, and he was I think one of the. Uh, standouts in this film
0: so i'm trying to look up right now how old harrison ford is i know he's approaching (laughs) 80
1: um yeah
0: oh sheesh wait oh hold on um okay so
1: he's 75 he
0: is oh Oh, I thought he was like seventy-eight. Okay,
1: never, never, okay,
0: yeah. Well, difference of three years, but um, yeah, no, okay, seventy-five. So he, okay, one of my favorite scenes in the movie, and I don't want to give away too much, of, but you'll know exactly what I'm talking about is when um, <laughs> the the scene where they're in the showroom inside the casino. And and uh, and the different lights are going on And the hologram of Elvis Is yeah, playing yes. and stuff like scene. that That yeah. was a great scene, really good stuff And uh, yeah no, I, So I, I guess I just wanted to ask you about uh, Ryan Gosling and, and what you thought of his performances Just because yeah, he's just he, He's one of those actors that He's serviceable, and that's what I've always yeah. thought of him You know, I it's not like uh, You know, I've seen a movie and I'm like Oh, Ryan Gosling was terrible, but There really hasn't been a movie where I've seen Ryan Gosling. I'm like, wow, Ryan Gosling was so good. Um, but I haven't seen all his movies. Um, you know, even La La Land. Yeah. I mean, I, I, wasn't like a huge obsessed fan of La La Land. I know like a lot of people are, and I haven't seen drive either. And I heard drive is a really good movie. So, um, I liked Ryan Gosling. I thought he did a really good job in the movie and I, and I thought he did a really good job of not, of not trying to steal the show, and what I mean by that is that, in and none, I don't think any of the actors like were performing in such a way that you were focusing on them specifically, but that yeah. it just it's just adding more to the story. Yeah. And and so I just I thought he I thought he was well casted. I I think he did a very good job for his role. Uh, and and yeah, I thought he was very believable from yeah. the different emotions and struggles that he is experiencing throughout his movie and the situations that he's in. I thought he did a good job. Um, the one person that I was really impressed with, and maybe maybe more the character, I guess, than the actress. But so it, it's the actress that plays his hologram girlfriend. Is it uh, is it Joy? Is that her name? Her name's Yeah. Joy. That-
1: that's the character's name. Yeah. yeah,
0: so uh her name is Anna Anna de uh, uh, Armis, Anna de Armas, I think. Yeah. I've never seen her in any other movie, but I really liked her in this one. And and just that added element to the story and having yes. this this yeah, this hologram girlfriend for for Ryan Gosling, I thought it was Awesome. And not that I thought having a hologram girlfriend is an awesome thing, but I just thought it added more to this world that, that they were building and really how like grim and bleak that, that world is, you know, yeah. it, 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 the whole movie takes place in Los Angeles, but it's not, it's not the, you know, warm and sunny thriving Los Angeles that you would think of today. <laughs>
1: right no not at all
0: um okay so tell me uh, tell me some of the more uh i guess the different things that you really stood out to you and that you really enjoyed from blade runner 2049
1: um well i would agree with you i think that that storyline about um uh with uh joy um and uh kay i thought that storyline was really well done in that Like, it definitely goes into the whole idea of what makes a human human is that we're able to love. And, I mean, it brings up the whole question is that was it real love or was it programmed love? I mean, and uh, she's a holographic rep. I, I wasn't exactly sure exactly how she was qualified because she's not a pleasure model or anything of that sort but she's just she's like a companion
0: she's a companion yeah. model
1: yeah so it's was that love really real um but you could see that both of them felt some type of emotion for each other but you don't know whether if it's is it real love or is it like like i said programmed love or is, what is that like you don't know and i really love that cons like that idea is just like what so is this supposed to be believable and then what she goes to to essentially be with him um in a physical sense i one i'd love that scene um that was one of the scenes i think went along a little too long but i really loved how that scene was done um and I will say it in, it was done in my opinion fairly tastefully um, in that nothing too graphic, but it was the style of it, and again, not to spoil anything. But I think you know what I mean, yeah. I, how, how they did that. And yes. I, I, I really like that. And I think like that goes back to how this film was directed and also filmed. The cinematography, and I think you kind of alluded to it earlier, was beyond fantastic. And the way the, the guy, uh, what's his name? Hold on. I have it here in my notes somewhere. Um, Roger, uh, Deakins, uh, I think is how you pronounce his name. What well, I mean, he was able to create this universe that was similar to the older film, uh, the original film in that it was a very big universe, but also had like the knit and grit of like low street level type of stuff. And yes, and but on the complete opposite side of the spectrum, like you said, has this small ship going toward like this big like pyramid structure. And it's just so big. And it's, be, seeing this in IMAX also supported this by all means. And, and it felt fairly grounded. And I loved how he used like colors, especially like, I mean, the desert scene. I mean, that was obviously shown in the trailers. But that scene I thought was um, one great. And I think that there's a funny kind of like a, uh, I guess Easter egg um, in that scene, uh, in that it, if you think about it, um, there's it has to do with how they were testing for the replicants in the prior movies. Like they used them as questions. Yes. Like, yeah. So I really like that kind of like, eh. I like I like little things like that. Like there was a little small things like that. There was attention to detail, and um, the director's choice. Um, in, like, pretty much everything was, in my mind, the biggest highlight of this film. Um, that and the cinematography, I think, were the best parts, and, like, we talked about it. It expanded on uh, a movie that has been established as a cult classic and essentially a sci-fi classic and just made it better. And oh, and so, I, for me, that just, like, really made it really well. Like, looking at the extreme details... And also another scene that I that really sticks in my mind is that wave scene at uh, toward the end. My word, I was lo- I, I was so engulfed in that scene. It was I legit sat on the edge of my seat with my hands on my knees, watching <laughs> that scene. Like I was just I could not take my eyes off it. But the music was beyond fantastic as well. Like yeah. it fit, it fit every scene, and I just felt like in that specific wave scene like I felt um every wave like hit hit them and hit like hit me and you know obviously not physical sense but in that same type of way I felt every moment with that film and I with that that moment and I, I for me um it's just like little things like that like details um you see how the snow fall um uh snow falls and don't know it just made every little detail seem ever so significant and i I just love that about this film
0: yeah and that just goes back to what i was uh uh, i guess what i had stated previously in my initial reactions to the movie you really really get the sense uh in and i i don't know i just i I think this movie was really handled with care and that's what you get with every scene every scene is is detailed and every scene is made with purpose. A- every scene is is carefully crafted to show you this just incredible place that these these characters live in. And yet, the just like you said, the gritty, uh, the the grittiness, the dirtiness, the the lower levels of this world that they live in. And yet, its vastness and and it, and its um really kind of kind of the scary parts of their world as well. And so. Uh, th- those are the things that will continue to stick out in my mind, and will be one of the main reasons why I go see this movie again. Uh, I ho- yeah. Hopefully, I, yeah. I'll, hopefully, I'll get another chance to see it in theaters. I think, I think it, it is a movie that I would want to see again, just to see it again on the big screen. Um, yeah. But this is one of the most visually stunning movies I've ever seen. It, it, it is in a sense, and I really don't know really what other way to describe it. um, but it, it really is breathtaking. Y- y- the colors yeah. and everything that sticks out to you and how it's filmed is really something to behold. and And I think for that reason alone, I was a fan of this movie. And so I, I love sci-fi movies. I'm I, and I've stated this many times before. I'm a big sucker for really anything and all, any, anything and everything sci-fi. So like earlier this year, did you see a ghost in the shell? Did you see that yes, movie? Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, oh yeah, no, that's right. I do remember reading your review on it. So I, I know that a lot of people didn't like this movie. I think critically it wasn't, it wasn't hammered. I think it got like a 56% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So like, you know, it wasn't as bad as some movies, but it wasn't that great either. Right. I really enjoyed it. And, and for reasons why I also really enjoyed this one, but I think Blade Runner is a far superior film to, yeah. to uh ghost in the shell. Um, so, so yeah, that's, I, gosh, man, I, I know the, and, and this is a conversation you and I will have offline, but yeah, there are a lot of questions that I want to ask you and want you think about the movie in certain uh, directions of the story and how that ended up. And so, but yes, that will be for another time and not to spoil it for our listeners who I, yeah, we'll, we'll give a recommendation here in a sec, but let's, let's go ahead and uh, just this last thing. Tell me what, what were any specific themes or any messages that you took away from Blade Runner?
1: uh well i mean like i said uh, it has to do with uh what does it mean identity which is the theme in the original film and what does it mean to be human and i mean it is it um biological is it uh mind is it emotions is it uh sympathy and it's it's questions like that that i think like really expand um on the character i mean it and that's why I think when it comes to, like, Deckard's character, I mean, that's the, the soul of it, but you also get that, like, every character is going through that. I mean, if you really look at it so much so that's essentially the replicants, they were created so much so that by all senses, they are essentially human. But because they were manufactured and not um, birthed, birthed, yes, um, that makes them so-called not. But they think like us, they feel like us, and there's obviously other ones that are like pleasure models, or you have obviously, I think, combat models and whatnot. But they still, it, it brings that whole idea into what is it that makes you human, and. I feel like this movie tried to push this idea of, well, one of the bigger things is love. And I think it expands on that in many different ways, um, all of which I actually really enjoyed. So for me, I, I and that's another reason why I like this film, in that it, it doesn't answer every question that you may have, either going in or coming out, um, but it it's able to... Give you, give you reason to have discussions afterwards. And I think that for me, I think that's a goal of any filmmaker. You're able to talk about a movie. It sh- in my opinion, movies should not be, all right, A plus B equals C, and that's, I mean, obviously like that's a very general term, but it shouldn't be, just everything shouldn't be told just plainly on the screen for you. It shouldn't be up for discussion. You should be able to talk about it. Um, I mean, that's what art is in general. So for me, that's why I really love this film.
0: Yeah, and and I like that. And again, some of the same reasons why I've really enjoyed watching these movies, uh, even though I, I guess I didn't. I really enjoyed the original Blade Runner as much as you. But I those themes, though, those are the themes that really stick out and, and will continue, like you said, that prolonged conversation after after you finish seeing the movie. Uh, the, the ones that I – and I got this more so from this movie than I did the first one. But I think it emphasizes that same message from the first one as well. And so the original purpose of the replicants is that they created them as as a labor force and not just a labor force, but they are eventually enslaved. Right. So, you know, think about all the different times throughout human history where groups of people are, um, you know, that they are enslaved, that they are treated as less than human because they are different. Right. And, you know, and we've seen it, we've seen it in countless different civilizations, different cultures all throughout the world. Even here in our own country, we did the same thing. And, and we see it happen in the Blade Runner movie or movies. And, And so you know it's this it's this growing fear among humans that you know the moment you begin to see replicants as human you're you are somehow losing control and losing power but that's the whole that's the whole purpose it's you know trying to keep power over them and and yet you see them resisting and you see them fighting back and you see them in search for their own freedom. And so in, in that, and I think that's one of the biggest messages that I took away is that anybody that has a sense of self and that has a sense of, of uh, individual, individual, uh, I guess, what's the word? How can I say this individualness <laughs> yes. that they will seek freedom for themselves and, you know, whether human or replicant, you know, that, that is going to be their, their drive. And. And yes, emotions, strong emotions, like you said already, like love, are going to be some of those driving forces behind them. And so, yeah, those those were those were my, I guess, my uh, themes that I took away from this movie. So, Andre, let's go ahead and move to our final segment of the podcast in this movie review, and that will be our Backseat Director's Recommendation. Our Recommendation. Okay, Andre, so for you, is this a go see it, maybe wait, or no go? What do you recommend to the listeners? <laughs>
1: I mean, if you haven't gotten what I, uh, what I'm saying, <laughs> I would def- obviously say definitely go see this in theaters. It's definitely an experience. Um, and it's one that I'm willing to do again.
0: <laughs> well, and, and rightfully so too. And one that I hope to do again. And so, okay. So my recommendation, Andre comes down to this for me personally. Personally, because of my love for sci-fi, and just because of how much I enjoyed how immersive this movie was, um, I I think it is a go see it movie. I know this movie is not going to resonate or speak to everybody that sees it. I know a lot of people that go see it probably you know might not like it that much and think it was oh it's too long it's too slow too drawn out whatever it might be and so and i know that if anyone's listening to our recommendation right now you and i are both saying it's a go see it (laughs) yeah Um, that they'll go see it and maybe say why'd you (laughs) why'd you recommend this movie but but i think it is a good movie i really do and i do think that it is worth seeing um so so yeah that's that's our recommendation uh, to go see it and and i think it's well deserved okay andre well hey that that is our review of blade runner man thanks for joining me again on the podcast
1: yeah of course it's always great fun
0: okay well why don't you let the listeners know how they can follow you online and uh, read your reviews
1: uh you can follow me on at the formal review um that's also uh, this is all across the board facebook twitter instagram you also follow box office buzz that's buzz with one z and also film hype hq they give some up-to-date movie news and Box Box Office loves gives like pretty much everything when it comes to movies, and it's a nice database for any movie knowledge. So yeah, you can hit me up on any of those. I'm always open for requests um, when it comes to reviews
0: yeah you guys go ahead and follow andre he's he really is a great follow on twitter we have a lot of interaction online and always talking to movies almost on a daily basis yeah. Uh, so yeah make sure you go follow him and check out his excellent reviews and thanks so much listeners for downloading today's episode thanks for listening to our review of blade runner 2049 we guys uh, we, we hope you guys have definitely enjoyed this podcast and make sure you stay up to date and subscribe to the podcast you can find us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher. And, uh, yeah, make sure you leave us a review. Cannot stress how much uh, it really does help Backseat Directors. You guys leave us a review and rating on iTunes. And, uh, yeah, so uh, thanks again. And on behalf of Andre, this is also Andre um, from Backseat Directors. And we'll see you guys next week at the movies. The Backseat Directors theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. You can find the album, Ozo Motley Presents Ozo Kids, and all of their other music on iTunes. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The BD Podcast.
1: So, so much variety There's a perfect movie for you And him and her and me uh,
0: So find your see In the perfect row Sit back,
1: relax, kick up your feet And turn off your phone